wonder what sort of meal you like to eat. I recently saw a video clip of the comedian Peter Kay joking about how many British people might go on holiday abroad. Well, maybe not for the time being. And seek out a bar or restaurant that serves the type of meal they are comfortable with at home rather than the food that's native to the nation they're in. Fish and chips, maybe steak and kidney pie, certainly not anything accompanied by garlic bread. My favourite food is lasagna and it often does accompanied by a slice of GB on the side. But others among you might have other dishes you prefer to see on the menu. And of course some may be pescatarian or vegetarian, maybe vegan. Maybe your choice is limited by a dietary concern, uh, an allergy or a food intolerance. In the passage, Peter's issue is not an allergy to crustaceans or pork or some of the other beasts on the blanket. But certain animals are, in the old teaching of the law, declared unclean. Indeed, my favourite dish, lasagna, because it combines both beef and dairy would fall foul of these teachings and orthodox Jews still don't eat that dish, well, at least not in the way that we're used to seeing it on the menu. Peter has this vision. Uh, the, the Bibles call it a trance and uh, the Greek word for this translates directly as ecstasy. In fact, my um, interlinear where it's got the, the Greek and the English directly underneath it puts the word ecstasy in there. But then IV and NRSV, I take it as being a trance. So, so it's not just a vision, but it's some sort of heightened state of awareness that the Holy Spirit has induced within him. And it seems natural to Peter that the Lord might do this, that he would hear the Lord speak to him. And of course, the response from Peter was very Simon Peter. He rejects what is asked of him by God. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to kill and eat. Oh. Nothing impure has got to pass my lips. You've got it wrong, he's saying to the Lord. And the Lord shows him the sheet again, and again Peter rejects it. And a third time, the sheet is lowered down, and yet again Peter says no. It's the same sort of response that Peter gave Jesus in Matthew 16. Never, Lord! Peter said, this shall never happen to you, just after the Lord had spoken of the suffering and death that was ahead. And Jesus' response on that occasion? Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. I wonder how often human concerns get in our way. We might get challenged by God to do something, perhaps called to a, a certain role or responsibility. 
maybe it is to, to have a change of attitude or behaviour. And is it our response to say to God, not yes, Lord, not your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but do we instead say, no, Lord, you've got it wrong. I'm not doing that. Does that happen? Would the Lord ever have cause to say to us, get behind me? Peter was not the first to do that. He was not the first to uh, sort of turn away from the Lord when called to do something. The prophets failed to respond time and time again in the Old Testament. Moses at the burning bush continually tries to find a way of wheedling out of the call to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Oh no, I can't speak, I can't do this, who'll listen to me? The story of Jonah is full of that prophet rejecting the call and the will of God even when he does go to Nineveh. It is with a negative mindset and longing for the destruction of the city to take place. He's not seeking God's will at all. Of course, Peter wasn't really being shown the, street, the, the sheet of animals uh, because it was dinner time, because it was tea time. And he knew it. He comes out of the ecstasy, out of this vision, going, what was all that about then? What was the Lord trying to say to me? Why the non-kosher? And at the door is the answer. Here before him are two of Cornelius's servants and also a Roman soldier. Three strangers, three men, almost certainly Gentiles. And what the Lord has been saying is that uh, these are not impure. Uh, that these people who are different, uh, the word, the gospel, is for them. Now, under normal circumstances, he may have been concerned that the presence of these people would defile him. An orthodox thought might be that they are unclean, but the vision allows him to open the door wide, give them accommodation, let them stay the night, let them be fed under his roof. And then he responds to the invitation of the centurion. He goes with them the following day. He has become aware that God is doing something new. And when the Lord does something, it is good. It might not be what we're used to. It might be far away from what we're used to. But when the Lord is doing something, it's good. In the time of the trance, Peter didn't want to do the wrong thing. He kept saying, no, that, that, that's not what I've ever done. I've never done that sort of thing. That's wrong. That's not how it is. But in saying no, he was actually going against God. Now, everything in life is clear cut. And perhaps in trying to do right, we too sometimes misstep. On the other hand, perhaps you repeatedly feel you do something that is not of God and that you can never do right. 
and that you've done something so wrong that there is no way back. Maybe you feel certain things are excluded that have become a barrier. Maybe you think or feel that you are the one who is defiled because of something you have done or maybe even something that's been done to you. Remember that God is love. He has a heart that cares for you. He tells us again and again in the Bible that God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, richly abounding in love. So if you are at home thinking, I have done things that are so wrong, I want you to know that God knows about those things and he loves you. And he longs for you to draw near to him and know that love. And if you are thinking, well, I know that he loves me, uh, but, but those things that other people do, I can't love those other people who reject what I believe to be God's ways. Then, like Peter, you must come out of your trance. You must open the door and learn to love. God's love is open to all people of every background, every race, ability, every difference that you can imagine. There are things God can't abide, things that God wishes that we did not do. And that is true of every single one of us. But we must all remember that although none of us are worthy, although none of us are perfect in ourselves, although none of us can ever come close to 99.9% .9 clean, it doesn't matter how hard we set the rules for life, we will fail. But through Jesus, our sins are forgiven. In Jesus, we are as pure as the driven snow. And so we can come before him. And indeed, he invites us to come before him, to come together as one. Jesus offers us a meal to remember the fullness of that love and how whoever we are, we can be made one with him, one with the Father, one with the Holy Spirit. We give the meal many names, including Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving, Holy Communion, because in it we are at one with one another and one with God. And the Lord's Supper, because we think of how this feast was instituted at a table in an upper room on the night when Jesus was betrayed. 